There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 71 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hey everyone. And we have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hey everybody. That's better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh. And Jaime is unfortunately spending time with his family for Christmas in El Paso, Texas. Mm. Oh, I just, want, I just wanted to say that in the show. I got a crossword clue down here. Down in the old that, Texas uh, town of El Paso. I assume he's in El Paso. He hasn't replied to my text. Oh, maybe he did. No, he didn't. Maybe they don't have internet in El Paso. Yeah, I don't know. You ever think about that? Yeah, I'm just reading this article. Did you hear about this article about good technology being purchased by, um, uh, geez, I don't know who bought them. Uh, who did buy it good? Oh, Which one is this? Blackberry. What is it? Dumb. Oh. You know good technology, the messaging software uh, company? Um, They were sort of an email company that that wired into blackberries yeah i don't actually but which article is this oh i guess this um, was a few months ago that this happened oh September yeah fourth yeah according to this, this article, article is, is dated today um yeah december 23rd so yes this did happen a while ago like the story is not about the purchase itself oh. it is mm-hmm. about the fallout that happened with the employees who had regular shares in good you know as as employees, oh, yeah. rank and file employees, they received um, equity in the company. Sure. Yeah. And uh, the the company was on a trajectory to go public at some point in the future, and they right. were they were valued at about a billion dollars uh, for that public stock offering that was reputed to be on its way. Um, and these employees were taxed on their equity in the company at that valuation, so they had to pay taxes on those shares. Well, the company got sold to BlackBerry. Right. For a fraction of that amount, not a billion, but four hundred twenty-five million, right. and um, their their stock, which they, which was worth like four dollars and thirty-two cents a year ago, uh, mm-hmm. ended up being worth forty-four cents a share. Wow! Uh, the worst part 
Uh, so they lost money, right? Like they lost tons of money paying taxes on money that didn't exist. But the executives of the company had preferred stock. Yes, of course. Which means they got big payouts when that sale happened. Mm-hmm. So the CEO walks away with, you know, five or six million dollars all told and other executives and the VCs got their money back. But the employees ended mm-hmm. up, you know, underwater basically on the stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a bunch of them are suing for, you know, <laughs> suing the board for uh, fiduciary duty, right? Yeah. You know, lack of fiduciary duty. So huh. uh, it's just really sad. And I wonder how common this is, you know, companies that, you know, uh, provide equity as uh, part of their compensation package. Uh, I, I think this is this is pretty common. Actually, it happens all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there were some real horror stories back in the in the dot com crash days of, of this kind of thing, where where people were buying and 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 well exercising their shares and holding on to them, uh, and then having the stock crash way below that. Uh, it, it's interesting here because I, I don't think there should be a tax it unless you actually exercise unless it's a i know i was wondering that too yeah unless it's a unless it's a a stock grant as opposed to an option but yeah typically i think it is a grant not an option yeah yeah, an option isn't anything (laughs) right typically when when you're given when your grants exercise and and now this is more for public companies uh and and you know based just based on my own experience but usually what they do is they they force you to uh, sell to cover the taxes, sell shares to cover the taxes when, right. when you exercise a grant or when you're given a, when your grant vests. So it, it's a little odd. I mean, I, I, I kind of think there's more to the story here maybe uh, than we're seeing in at least this article that I'm reading. But this is not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Yeah. From what I know about the little bit, I knew. I mean, I've talked to Mark about how to, you know, get paid for jobs that you work on, where part portion of your pay is in salary or contract, or whatever, and some of it might be in in stock. Right. Um, there's in some of the apps I've worked on in the past, I've gotten stock, but it's like um, or percentage of the company, as it were. But it's like a non-voting, you know, minimalist uh, share. So, and the danger of that, I think, as Mark has explained to me, and my lawyer has explained to me, that if the company does get sold, um, you're not guaranteed that you'll get uh, any of that or even a portion of it. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah, there's there's almost no guarantee that you get anything, which is the sad sad story. Um, yeah. Uh, more likely is if the if the company just kind of goes under. If you get if you get sold, well, it depends on on what you get sold for. And a lot yeah. of times a company won't get sold except for a, a bargain basement price because they're they're basically you know they're basically going bankrupt. Uh, and if that's mm-hmm. the case, then the valuation that is given at the time of the grant is just meaningless. I mean, it's uh, if you get bought for you know ten cents on the dollar of the valuation, then you're Ten percent share is it's pretty small. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see equity as as a form of compensation at all. And but you'd be surprised at how many startup. Oh, um, I know. Don't yeah. God, you're you're telling me. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm also telling the audience too yeah. because they may they may not be aware that. Oh that yeah, it's very common. Getting equity in a, in a in as a pay uh, as a portion of your pay, you really have to consider whether or not it's you know yeah it, it yeah. has. It, well, here, teeth, right? it, it's me a gamble. I mean, it's, it's very high risk, but it can be very high reward. I mean, if you were, for example, at, at Google before the IPO, then, you know, it's very different than if you were at, uh, let's say, good technology. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, if it hits, then, yeah, you know, you're, you're rich, generally. But if, if it doesn't hit, then 
you're not. And it's almost certainly not, right? You're right. almost yeah. certainly not working for a Google. Like when I get approached, and this happens all the time, right? I get approached by companies, startups in particular, who who have no resources or very few, and they want to compensate you with equity as much as pay, right? So we'll pay you, you know, X percent of your normal hourly rate, but we'll compensate you with equity, and that'll be worth something when we take off. And right. uh, you know, I, I I credit them for their confidence in their business, but the statistics don't lie. I mean, they're very clearly saying that there's just no way you're going to see any money from as a result of that. So mm. uh, in practice, I want nothing to do with that sort of business deal. Yeah, yeah just I mean, keep it away from me. To me, that's that's a little bit of a of an extreme stance because it it, it you know makes sense to to have a little bit of uh, of skin in the game there, you know, because yeah. maybe it does, right? If, you know, I mean, yes, the odds are against any company that you work for hitting, but if mm-hmm. you work for a good company, you might get something out of it. And and it it, it, it can definitely pay off in the long run to, to take a percent, a few percent here or a few percent there uh, in different companies, and, and maybe one of them hits. Um, well, how, how would you evaluate that, Mark? Well, it's, <laughs> that's the hard part. Right, that's the hard part. Uh, you just have to essentially just decide: Do you believe in this technology? Do you believe in this team? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, do you feel lucky? A little yeah. bit of all of that. I think it's a it's a yeah. lot of the last one. Well, sure, you know, because sure, you know, like I give give you some examples. I mean, this this kind of just happened to me uh, within the last couple of weeks, and you know, like in practice, I've only talked to these people, you know, for maybe a, an hour or two, all told. You know, mm-hmm. good idea, but I don't know if you guys can execute on it. You know, I don't know what the market's going to be like in six to eight months when this thing lands. You know, there's so many unknowns. You don't know what their level of commitment is to it. You know, are they really for real? Um, are they going to make the smart decisions? There are just so many factors that they have yeah. to get right. Um, and, and one thing I think you unlikely. have to do is really do that due diligence that you were just talking about is you need to look at the market. You need to look at the product and really decide what's the... And what's the best possible case? If there's a TAM or total available market of this product that's a billion dollars and there's nobody in it, and it seems like there's something that something there that people are going to want, and if the team can execute, then yeah, you know, that might be something you go for. But if the total market is you know five million dollars in in the world, and there's ten people doing it already, and this new startup is a year behind. Well, guess what? You know, unless yeah. unless something extremely rare happens, then chances are close to zero that that's going to be worth anything. Yeah, I think the other side of the other side of the coin is taking you know taking on a percentage of of a company or putting like as Mark said earlier, putting some skin in the game. It also shows the the people who own the the product that you're building that you have some faith in what you're doing and, and what they're doing, right? Yep. Because uh, if you don't, then don't get involved. Right? That's yeah. You know, that's simple, right? So I see lots of um, opportunities that come up, and I, I just look at them, and I just don't don't even bother applying for them because they're not something I'm interested in, or I'm really going to put that much. You know, I'm really not going to. I don't buy into it, right? So and it's not fair to the people you know who are there, right? I mean, they're like most companies is just they're just a question mark, you know. Like most companies that I've done work for or that I've thought about doing work for, you know, I can't say for sure whether they're going to be successful or not, right? And and so, you know, my working for them or not is not necessarily contingent on whether or not I think they're going to be winners, right? Sure. Simply my choice of taking equity for compensation is. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I, I definitely see, 
that there's different different kinds of jobs out there, right? There's there's jobs that you take just because you want to make some money, and of course, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be committed to the company, but you don't see it as a as something that you want to dedicate your life to, right? That's kind of one sure. one side of the the coin, and then and then there's companies that you really believe in in the in the in the company and the vision of the company, and you think it has a long term future, and and you're willing to take some risk because you believe so strongly in it. And and of course, there's everything in between. I guess it's it's just sort of up to you every every single time on a case by case basis to decide you know, how much risk are you willing to take for this particular company. Not an easy not an easy calculation to do. No, it's not. Tim, I was uh, curious by what you just said about, um, mm-hmm. I, or at least it seemed that you implied. I'm not sure. You correct me if I'm wrong. That there are some <laughs> companies that, or businesses that you would simply not participate in. Is that? Yeah, I wouldn't even apply. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Can you yeah. give me an example, if not stating names? Hmm. Um, well, no, I, I, you know, I get some, I get some, um, well, I, I, as an example, I was asked to do, uh, um, from an angel list, uh, thing, a couple of young guys wanted to build the next big social networking app, right? Well, I'm sorry, there already are several big ah, social right. networking apps and, and that's not really going to fly. So in that case there, I wouldn't have taken equity on as part of the, part of the thing. And, and we were honest with them in terms of what we thought the, the project was, was going to cost them to build. And, and, you know, they, they weren't ready for that. Right. Um, so that just never happened. And they may be doing something else, and and that and that's happened in the past. And and uh, like I said, I, I as you know, I also participate in iOS leads, and so they send you every every two days. They send you like three or four different leads, and and I I haven't found one in the last month that I would even consider like like signing on to. And I see lots of things on on AngelList as well, where you know the offer is you know uh, a. A low salary, not not oh, yeah, as like low really as we low. talked about. Yeah, low, like thirty thousand. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't even bother with those. I mean, yeah. like, like again, like I can't, I can't, I can't afford to live on that. So, um, uh, you know, because I have other commitments, right? But taking on a percentage or two in in that case, you know, if, if it's a product, I, like I, yeah, I just don't even bother applying if I don't believe in the idea, right? Like, but by the same token, though, so on on the other side, you know, um, I I don't feel wrong in saying this that i worked on a, a major project which let's not name it for now but um which I'm, you guys are fully aware of and fans of the show will be probably two and two together that you know it was getting to the point where we had put a lot of effort into it we'd been working on it for a couple of years and i really did believe in the product because i was the main architect and i built all the features and you know mark helped on it and a bunch of other stuff right um and i said to the owners at one point you know this is great it's going to take off and you guys are going to be rich and i'm going to be just getting paid for what i did and so they they we renegotiated the deal and uh, they gave me a percentage as opposed to just, you know, out, out and out paid for time worked or whatever. Right. So um, so that in that case, I do. I still even though, you know, I still have a vested interest in that in that product, you know, and and if there is a reward at the end of the day, I'll get part of it. Right. Oh, interesting. So yeah. And do you feel that was a good deal to be to be made looking at it now? Uh, it has its moments. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is still it's still a growing product, and it still it still does have legs. And and uh, you know, we're, we've we went into the, into the market with an idea. There were a couple of players that were building a similar app to us, and then and now, you know, after a while, there was there was probably you know five or six different viable com- competitive pro- competitive products. Um, and just recently I've been told that a couple of the other players have run out of money and they're, and they're, they're going to be folding up their tent. Right. And, uh, you know, where, so we, the little engine that could are are still chugging along. Right. Sort of, that's our, 
our sort of in, inside the company motto, right? We just kept, we kept, keep plugging. We're just doing, we're doing it like, you know, we're keep adding features. We keep building the app. We keep, we keep making changes within reason, right? So can I back up a little further too and ask you about iosleads.com, uh, a service we've talked yeah. about on the show before, sure. uh, where you pay a monthly fee and mm-hmm. uh, get sent uh, leads every couple days, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was doing it, it was three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And uh, those contain links to postings for iOS developers around the web uh, for uh, in-office or remote work. But often remote, in my experience, it was. Yeah. So um, just to you know explain it a little further, <laughs> uh, I, I subscribed to the service when it was first launched. This was, mm-hmm. I think, last year, right? And um, yeah, ended up not, not continuing my subscription because although there were, you know, probably four to five leads, maybe six or seven, uh, in any given email, uh, uh, despite my applying to many of them, nothing, zero ever came out of any of oh, them. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I was, I was a literally a 0% success rate, um, in acquiring any job from them. And then I acquired another job and then I, you know, worked with them for like a year. So you're still subscribed to that service. And, um, uh, is your experience the same, Tim? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, re- uh, yeah, I, I let it go for, I, r- I ran it, ran with it for about two or three months last year. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I found that it was, it, there was something lacking in what, what it was presenting. It didn't seem to be, you know, that viable. And I, and again, but even looking at that list, I would have only applied to probably like maybe 20% of the things that came across, came from there. Right? I didn't, I wouldn't apply to all of them. Right. Um, I did get a couple of calls back from some people and, and, uh, but they never really went too far beyond that. Because um, once people find out what it costs to actually build an app, they they kind of go, oh, maybe I should go, you know, make coffee for a living or something, right? <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but the uh, the um, uh, so anyway, I was just I, I got contacted by uh, I really apologize because I got to look at the guy's name, uh, Michael, I think. Uh, yeah, that Twitter. sounds right. Yeah, and uh, he runs Broadway Lab, uh, which is uh, he's all, they're also they also are also uh, uh, developers as well, and um, he was telling me that he asked me if I'd would consider looking at looking at them again because they're they're changing up some stuff and there's there's a new there's something they're announcing in a little while and I, I don't know what it is and he would go into great detail but they're they've made some changes it looks a little different the product that you get now um, and I yeah did I ask got him, that email uh, yeah but I asked him out and it, it, that was just about the uh, the time yeah so so anybody that was originally in in the deal they had a short term where you could sign back up at a at the at the original rate because it's it's actually gone up in in, in cost per month. Um, and, uh, I think it's, I want to say $120 a month U.S. or something like that. Oh my goodness. It is 130 yeah. Yeah, for iOS up, leads. Gone up quite a bit. It and, was like yeah. $30. I thought. Yeah. 50 is what I, I think 50 is what 50? it was. 50. It might've been. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. 50 or 40 or something like that. Anyway, but they three so. X that shit. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it's also, that also gives them an opportunity to vet, um, who's signing up and, you know, gets, gets. It sort of cut some of the the uh, window shoppers out, mm-hmm. right? Is what I sort of that was my two cents on what they did. Oh, me. Maybe, yeah. Let's see if we can find the conversation here. Hang on a second. While you're looking, I just want to make one more comment about the the equity uh, topic. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. We sort of only talked about one side of the story just a couple of minutes ago, and and the other side. This is something that maybe this is somewhat unique to Silicon Valley or or, or the U.S. I, I don't know. Around here, at least most established companies, larger companies generally, uh, and generally I'm talking about public companies, will give equity as part of the overall compensation package. And in that case, that's generally something that that 
can be viewed, you know, almost more like a, a bonus than than a risky thing uh, because the stock is pretty well established. It has value. Generally, they give out these things called restricted stock units uh, as opposed to options. The the difference is an option is they give you a an opportunity to buy the stock sometime in the future at a certain price. Uh, and if the stock goes up beyond that price, then you make money because you can buy it at the lower price and then you can and then you can sell it at the higher price. If the stock never goes above that price, then it's just worth nothing. But an RSU or restricted stock unit, they actually give you the stock after a certain amount of time, uh, and you can do whatever you want with it. So you can just sell it that day if you want for the value of the of the that it's at that day. Uh, and there's no there's no strike price, there's no option price, so you don't have to, it doesn't have to reach a certain price to have value. So generally, they give you fewer of those than they would have if they had given you options, because obviously there's there's no there's very little risk involved. But it actually has value, whether whether or not the stock goes up or down. So that can be sort of seen as as like a, just a bonus. And you know, granted, you're not going to get probably not going to get you know super rich off of those. But it's a nice little bonus. It's a it's part of your overall uh, compensation package. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, pre-IPO private startups don't do that, so they generally give you more. Uh, options, but or, or maybe they are giving grants these days based on that uh, good technology article. I don't know, but um, that's more risky, of course, because if you know if they're giving you options at a penny, well, if the stock is up to a hundred bucks, then yeah, you make a huge amount of money. But what are the chances of that? Pretty small. So, so I think you have to take into account what the company is that's giving it to you, uh, in addition to. And and at you know at what at what stage they're at uh, in right. addition to just what the product is and and uh, and any other considerations. Now, what's most interesting to me, at least, is companies that are kind of in the middle, where you know either they're an established startup that's getting ready to go public, or they're a, a smaller public company. Uh, if you can find one of those companies that's sort of just about to hit that hockey stick, hockey stick of taking off, mm-hmm. then that's the ultimate thing. Because if you can get in when you know there's still low price and and they're still giving out pretty good grants and then the and then the company takes off then you're all set well then you'd be a fortune teller and you should go buy a lottery ticket <laughs> it's not but with a public company it's not that extreme right because you have a lot no of not with a publicly company. traded company yeah right no of course not right and and that's the one i'm talking those are the ones i'm talking about are potentially the most lucrative ones the ones where you can see that there's a product there's a future and you know it's just it's sort of a matter of timing there, but it's a matter of finding the right company and getting in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else in iOS development. Yeah, this is even more general than just iOS development. This is yeah, sure, is, sure. But but it's an interesting topic because, like I said, I think there's a lot of a lot of companies out there where you know you're you're uh, that's how people are compensated. They're they're yep. not all cash, right? Yep. So I've had or, success at companies like that in the past, and you know yep. when it hits it. It's nice. Of course, I've had other companies that didn't have any success. So you know. Yeah, I got a lot of yep. those. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's all I've got. I've yep. got burning. That's it. Yeah. 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 Now, no so does that model exist in Canada, or is this more of a just a U.S. and Silicon Valley kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it is very similar here. Um, you know, because um, I've had those kind of conversations with with prospects in in the past as well, right? Um, although I'm not quite as, you know, and that's, again, like I've asked you about it in the past, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you've dealt with this kind of stuff before in terms of how to get paid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I don't know about the restricted stock unit options thing. And and how so? Uh, what is a grant then? A grant? To, how do, where does that fit into the? Or is that part well, of a, what a, the a grant co- is the cerebral topic? Yeah, no, the grant is just what they give you. It can be a grant okay. of options, or it can be a grant of RSUs. It's just it's right. the it's the package they give you. It's that's it's the right. you know it's the paperwork involved. Yeah, I mean you hear these these terms uh, bounced around on on things, but you never know what. I, I mean, I don't. I know, I've never actually been involved in one. I've just sort of ever only ever worked on. Um, Either worked for a company working building product, or I've worked, you know, uh, as uh, for myself and, and building for for my time or my work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> That's how Tim closes a topic. <laughs> is that how? Is that really? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> really? You go. <sighs> Interesting. Really? Yeah. Mm, fascinating. It's, it's your, the, there you go. There up. you go. Doing again. <laughs> That's my fascinating, is it? Oh. Mm, a little bit. That means I have nothing else to say. That's right. Um, but I, I'm, I am curious, though, why does it say in this article why these people had to pay tax ahead of time? And yeah, like in, it I does think, say. So is that because they were given, when they were given the, the stock, it, it actually had value and they, they therefore got some sort of incentive or, or they were like they were now, quote unquote, richer at some point like like i would think that you only get taxed on cash right like i mean like actual value of something right well no well yeah yes but but value isn't the it's the value at the time that it's given to you not the value at the time that you sell it Mm -hmm. well it's based Mm -hmm. on both actually i mean it's based on the 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 higher of the two i suppose uh right so so say say you say you're given a, a, a stock unit, one share by the company, and the stock costs a dollar, then you are responsible for taxes on a dollar. Right. Now, if it goes up to a hundred dollars, then you're well. Then you're you're based on a hundred dollars of taxes. You know, you're, you're yeah. responsible for a hundred dollars. But the the scary part is, if it goes down to zero, you're still responsible for a dollar's worth of taxes. Right now, I mean that does sound similar to something that that I am involved with because I mean I I bought you know I, ha- I own some Apple stock and I own Facebook and a few other things and I know with with my bank they had me sign back uh, something that said that I don't intend to be taxed in the United States right the the W eight uh, B E N is that what it is yeah, yeah. that form so yeah uh, that's a, that's a thing that Canadians have to sign when right. they buy American securities mm-hmm. um. But anyway, um, the thing that, that, that really gets me here is the fact that this is a private company, right? And so the value of, a st- of the stock is actually kind of theoretical. It's not, it's not real because there's no publicly traded value for it. An employee that receives this option or whatever it is, a grant, uh, I don't think has any way to, to monetize it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not publicly traded, unless there's a private market. There, there are private markets. Them. Actually, private okay. markets are, are pretty big around here. Uh, where, and I don't know all the details of how it works, but but there are places where you can sell your options uh, or your shares in private companies on a secondary market for whatever value that that is, you know, established by that market. So there must be people who speculate on that market too. Uh, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, in fact, it's it's interesting. I, it, it, we could be entering a time of of uh, of pain for for uh, for these companies. Uh, the the word is that the 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 VC market is is cooling, mm-hmm. uh, and p- 
people aren't getting funded as much as they were uh, a year or so ago, and valuations are starting to go down. So valuations of existing companies are starting to drop fairly drastically. So hmm. this may just be the first you know drop in the drop in the bucket there we, we're, to what we're going to see going forward. I mean, a lot depends on on you know as interest rates go up, then then. Um, the value of money gets a little more tight, right? So, so there isn't as much to spread around, and and uh, uh, it's not as easy to borrow money. So, so valuations aren't as as crazy as they've been. Yeah. So, why, so do, you, why do you think that is? That why do you think that is that that the valuations are or that that things are going down or cooling down? Is that a reflection of where the state of software development in general is or, or i don't think it's a- i don't think it's software development i think it's more based on just the general economy uh interest rates are going up um, yeah you know a lot of a hmm. lot of factors there yeah yeah so i i, th- I think ours are, are it's kind of i think it's sort of the opposite here i think our rates are actually going down yeah uh yeah yeah but, they're uh, certainly not going up anytime soon yeah well and it's gonna and but we kind of sort of cycle cyclically do, do sort of get affected by what happens in the united states obviously Right, oh, so we've that? we had we've had basically a zero percent interest rate from the Fed, you know, which is the sort of the national baseline yeah. interest rate for I think it's been like seven years, something like that, wow. since the since the la- since the the big uh, downturn two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so money has been free essentially, you know, not quite, but you know, close to being free to borrow. So which is which is. Uh, you know it's it's good for investors it's good for for you know people like vcs because they can just give out a lot of money without uh without too much downside uh but uh it's it just just this couple of weeks ago the the fed raised their their baseline rate by a quarter point mm-hmm. for the first time i mean this is now for the first time in since i think 2000 something like 2008 they've raised interest rates so yeah. you know this this is it's just beginning now, but there's long term implications to all this stuff. I mean, things generally raising interest rates slows down the economy a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's done essentially to control inflation to to prevent things from spiraling out of control. Um, so it, it's yeah, it's pretty uncertain right now, which is why the stock market hasn't been doing so well in the past month. Right, the, the U.S. stock market has been doing pretty poorly actually. Hmm. So. Who knows? You know, it's fortune telling to try to figure out what's going to happen, but but right, uh, right. it's it's maybe a time to be a little bit cautious right now. Hmm. Hmm. If only the U.S. dollar would tank a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking as no Canadians, offense. it's, it's, actually, it's <laughs> yeah. actually gotten. Did you see the exchange rate is like one thirty four or something like that? It's insane these days. It's crazy, crazy. So why I mean, is, think that? Be is, good is the economy bad in Canada right now? Why is the well, Canadian uh, dollar sinking? I don't know. We had. I think we were. We we didn't. We didn't suffer as much as you in two thousand eight. We did mm-hmm. suffer, but mm-hmm. but I think we were in a better financial position. Um, so we weren't. It's like it wasn't as dire. But it's oil. There, but there was. Yeah, there was some some um, questionable stuff with the past government that that was going on. And the and, previous uh, yeah. government invested heavily in um, in oil exploration, especially mm. in the uh, west. Yeah, you know, mm. which uh, is very expensive, and but uh, you know, uh, getting oil from the oil sands in Alberta yeah. Yeah. Uh, is a frightfully expensive proposition, and only makes sense when oil is above what seventy five dollars a barrel or something right. like that. And oil has and so when it yeah, yeah. when it's like yeah. forty dollars a barrel, then uh, then we're not making any money. And it turns out, <laughs> TM, that 
uh, Canada is relying heavily, heavily, the whole economy is weighed heavily on these natural resources that right. aren't making money anymore. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully one of the things that our new government does uh, is kind of pull the ship away from that, that course. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's their plan. So the sooner the better. Yeah. 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 Long story short. But, you know, we need to do better, but you know, the U.S. needs to do worse before that dollar situation. <laughs> so... No offense, but maybe if one of your whack jobs can get into office, that would be that would oh, God. <laughs> God. Do you know, I was actually thinking the other day, I, I, I you know, uh, George W. Bush almost sounds like a good idea. You know? Well, did you, you know, see Saturday Night Live yeah, that's, last that's week? Kind of sort of, that's what I'm thinking, like, like uh, Will Ferrell doing George Bush saying, yeah. you know, don't look so bad Miss now, me now. Do I? <laughs> yeah. 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 But can, can no. uh, just as a, out of curiosity, can I, a, I know you can only run for two terms as a president. Is it, is it possible to go back as a third or fourth or... Well, yeah, it's theoretically possible. So the rules are you can't run, well, you can't win, I guess, tw- uh, more than twice. Three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, if, for example, Bill Clinton were the VP candidate yeah. and he won, yeah. uh, and then, you know, something happened, uh, then I guess he would become president again i, I guess you know it's it's, it's wasn't a one of the career. one of the wasn't one of the roosevelt's presidents yeah yeah twice, uh, but, but, uh, but franklin with, roosevelt with the term in between was, no 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 he was he was president for four terms in a row uh oh, really? and, and would have probably would have gone on to more if he hadn't died in office in the fourth term uh huh. but that was before this was oh this official okay there was sort of a uh an unofficial you know rule of thumb that you would only be in office for two terms uh, basically because George Washington, after his second term, stepped down and said, you know, it's somebody else's turn. Uh, so there was sort of just an unwritten rule that people did that. But when Roosevelt was president, it was the Depression, and then it was World War II. So, yeah. you know, he stuck around for four terms and actually was really good. So yeah, uh, kept yeah. getting reelected. Well, they couldn't have an election during the war and all that kind of stuff, right, I guess, right? It was oh, no, of course it's right? an election. Yeah. Was there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We have elections no matter what. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's what you guys do every two years, right? Every... Well, presidents are every four years. <laughs> Seriously, every two years. Come on. <laughs> uh, uh, you're doing a, you're doing yeah. a two-year two year run right now, right? Because you're... I know it's every four years, but, like, didn't, didn't the Democrats... Isn't Trump and all those guys... Because your election's not until next year, or this year, I guess, 2016? Or? It's the... Yeah, it's November 2016. So, yeah, I mean, the, the election cycle keeps getting starting earlier and earlier and earlier every yeah, every yeah. time i mean it's it's uh it yeah it was it was it's been basically going on for six months already it seems like uh hmm. but uh but no i mean that that's every four years so you know whenever the clock starts four years from that point it'll happen again right it's not yeah. really two years i'm just teasing you yeah um yeah more than just code, Aaron. Way more than just code. Yeah, this, is, this is a little bit off topic here. Now. Hey, we, let's, we, let's reel it back, Tim. Come on. Come on, yeah, reel it so back. Let's, uh... Apple TV. Mark, did you get one yet? I did. Oh, good, good, good. Because I want to talk about that. We've had it now for a couple of months. How long have you had yours, Mark? Uh, probably a month or so now. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, how you liking? It's okay. Uh, I find that I don't actually have a lot of use for it so far. Oh, uh, which is unfortunate. Well, that, it, it unfortunate. may be because I have, you know, I, I still have cable and, and you know, there, there's tons of channels there. So a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff that's available on the TV is already available through cable. Uh, and I, have, you know, I haven't cut that cord yet. Uh, I do use it for things like Netflix. Uh, and, but, you know, not a whole lot more yet. But I haven't started writing an app for it yet. 
you haven't discovered apps to, that you Well, use. I have looked at apps a little bit, and, you know, I'm still waiting for some of the killer apps that are really useful to come out. I'm not sure they're all there yet. Do, do you have ideas for what they might be? No. All right. As do we all. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you, Tim? What's your experience been? Uh, more of the same. I, actually, I've been kind of busy on uh, other commitments, so I haven't really been able to spend any time on the stuff that I want to get to. And, and, and maybe I'm thinking to take this little bit of Christmas break, it seems, to get to some of that. Um, I do have a couple of little minor ideas for Apple TV, but uh, nothing nothing that I think that's going to change the world, per se, right? So, Hey, if you could change the world, man. Yeah, that would be great, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but so, Aaron, why don't you, why don't you say what you're going to say? Because I know Mark has an opinion on on the tech talks too, which I'd, mm. I'd like to hear. Are, are the tech talks over, by the way? Do you know, or do they still go? They have to go to Europe yet, I guess, right? Do we know the schedule for the tech talks? I do don't not know. know I don't know. Okay, while while you start in on your thing, Aaron, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say that um, in the time that I've had my Apple TV uh, connected to my main television. Uh, it has been a wonderful improvement to our our sort of entertainment solution in our house. And uh, I'm looking at this through the lens of my daughter. She's 12, and she uh, turns out to really enjoy playing with the Apple TV. And um, we talk about apps, and we're wondering about the opportunity for any kind of app on there. And my initial gut feeling about the Apple TV is that games would be a huge pull. And that has really borne out in the last several weeks. Uh, hmm. Over that time, we've got several games on the TV, and my uh, daughter and I have really enjoyed playing it, um, various different games. I think one of our favorites right now is actually Alto's Adventure. Um, playing that and having it on the big screen as opposed to on an iPhone or an iPad, uh, it's an all-new game for us. Uh, it's just way better, uh, and which is you know fun to say because uh, it was already a very good game. So mm-hmm. having it there on the Apple TV and having it be a communal experience much more than it has even on the iPad, um, is has been a wonderful experience for the two of us together, playing this game together, you know? And so, like, we'll have situations... We just had our home renovated, so this, this probably plays into it as well, such that uh, I can be in the kitchen and actually see into the TV room now where there was a wall there before. <laughs> so, um, so that's exciting, too, but that's not what we're talking about. More than just code, Tim. More than just code. So I can see my daughter while make, like, making dinner... And she's playing all those adventures, and I can pause my dinner preparations and and have a round, and we'll pass the remote back and forth, um, and and have a round playing at uh, getting the goals on Alto's adventure. So um, it's not just that game though; it's several others uh, we've been playing. Uh, Does not commute, um, Badlands, and uh, Puddle is another one. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a couple more. Uh, I'm not coming to mind right now, but. Um, I've been playing more games on the Apple TV than I think I ever have on on any of my iPhone or iPads. Uh, and really, yeah, it's a huge difference for me. You know, so like it's actually something that we would do uh, beyond just watching TV. You want to watch something on TV? No, well, let's play some games. Okay, we'll play uh. games. And suddenly, it's like we have a console. And I know this is going to sound weird to people who have consoles. You or, don't have a console? No, we don't have a console. <laughs> yeah, um, but now we kind of do, and. Console users will scoff and, you know, mock us and all that stuff. But um, games have not been a huge part of my life. Um, right. You know, except when I was a teenager, you know, I would play on the Mac, you know, Marathon forever. But, yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now, you know, the thing that I like about it, and, and this is the reason that I was not a gamer per se. Maybe Jaime's like rolling his eyes in El Paso right now. Mm-hmm. But... 
uh, most games require such a huge commitment, right? And so the, the beauty of iOS games is how casual they are, right? Sort of like the Nintendo Wii versus the Xbox, right? In, in sort of the latter is really like a hardcore gamer platform, whereas the Wii is a very casual game, you know, Wii Sports, Wing and a Tennis Racket, Archery, etc., uh, what have you. Um, and so in the same token, iOS games are also casual. You can dip in and out for a few minutes at a time without making yep. a huge commitment. You're not going to sit down there for hours and then wonder where the hell your life went. And that's what I really like about it. I like the, the guilt-free commitment of dipping into an iOS game and playing it for 10 minutes, you know, not, mm-hmm. not five hours. So that's what appeals to me with iOS games. And I think the Apple TV... You know, for not, not for every game either, because there are some games that I really miss that I wish could be on Apple TV, but the user interface just isn't there, right? Uh, Smash Hit is a great example that comes to mind. You know that game on iOS where you're kind of going through a 3D space and oh, yes, yes, you, yes. you fire marbles at panes of glass? Yes, uh, yes. You can do that. You only do that by touching the screen, right, to, to mm-hmm. locate your marbles. And uh, so that I don't think that's ever going to work um, on Apple TV because you're holding a remote in your hand. You don't interact directly with the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that game, Mediocre Games, uh, they're the ones that made Does Not Commute, which is a driving game. And uh, it works by just tapping the sides of the Apple TV remote to turn your car through the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So actually, if you want to check that out, check it out. It's fun. It does not commute. <laughs> um, okay. But also those adventures, I think, right now is our favorite. Um, so taken together, like, and oh, by the way, of course, we cut cable years ago, and so um, I'm using the Plex app as well, uh, combined with a Plex server on my Mac Mini here in the basement with me right now, looking at you. How's it going? Good. And it's serving up video to the Plex client on the Apple TV, and we use that all the time, along with Netflix. So um, all of our video watching needs are met, um, and that's sort of the baseline, the table stakes, if you will. But the games on top of that have been a real surprise to me. And um, so that initial period of WTF, when I landed the Apple TV in the, in the TV room upstairs and took away the Mac Mini with its keyboard and mouse, <laughs> um, my, my wife and my daughter were like, you know, we, this is new. This is different. I don't like it. You know, bring, up, bring back the old thing. Um, oh, really? Nobody's asking for that anymore. Apple TV for the win. Cool. Cool. That does not commute. Was that, the, did that, was, was that an ADA or is that one we picked for our show? I don't think we've ever talked about it before. I'm not sure. If yeah, I think, I think it was an ADA because you know, I, I, I think I think it was one that won ADA this year at uh, WWDC. It was mentioned at the okay. Tech Talk um, too, if if I'm allowed to say it? that. Yeah, that was yes. that maybe why. That's where actually where I learned yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think actually didn't I see now that I, now that you say that didn't I see that the Tech Talks were online somewhere? Yes, they've posted the resources and the videos are coming soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking at the dates here. We're looking at. Um, uh, the Cupertino sessions were the last ones in North America. Now they're going to Berlin, London. Oh no, there's another one in New York. Uh, and then yeah, it ends in, ends in uh, the third of February in, in uh, Sydney, Australia. So ages yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what I wanted to say about the Apple TV. I'm I'm super impressed after all this time, and um, uh, I'm surprised that I'm impressed as much as yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's funny. Like it, mine sort of sits and gathers a bit of dust, and then yesterday. Uh, one of my favorite shows went on sale, or not on sale, but I guess there's a new season out, and I think it's just a two-parter, but the, the price was really low, so I actually fired up the Apple TV yesterday and watched the first episode and bought the season pass. And I'm sorry, what show, Tim? I missed that. 
Uh, it's just one of my favorite shows. It's a show called Luther. It's actually... Oh, a, yeah, new, yeah. Yeah, British Idris Elba. Show. Yeah, it's uh, season four. And, and I'm not sure if it's really a full season. It, it may just be a two-parter Christmas special kind of thing. But uh, it was only six bucks, so Canadian, which is 50 cents American. Um, <laughs> but I was going to... Was, and to me, that was a reasonable price, and so I forked it over. And again, it's another show that I would go out of my way to watch, so... Um, so for sure, I, I, I for, uh, paid paid for it. But and, and it's funny, and I and I watched um, Jessica Jones on the Apple TV through Netflix, and yeah, so show. getting used to the getting used to the the scrubber. I mean, I saw somebody posted a um, something on Twitter about putting a broccoli elastic on the remote because I can't tell you the number of times I picked up that remote backwards or or accidentally paused it or or hit the scrubber by by hitting the touchpad. So there is. There's a little bit of work that needs to be done, I think, in the terms yeah. of design of the remote. I'm, I'm constantly stuff. picking it up backwards, so it's yeah. you know, so it's facing me, right? Instead of facing yeah. So, so that's what somebody sort of said. Just take a take a like a broccoli elastic or whatever, and wrap it around the the end that doesn't have any. That's just the, the mm. nub, I guess, mm-hmm. where the battery is or whatever. Um, and then then when you then without looking at it, you can sort of your mind will say tell you which way is up, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's like it's, it's super symmetrical. Great great design from that point of view, but they you know. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, controller that wasn't somewhat asymmetrical. Even even the old Apple TV remote, you know, the, the button was offset, so you could sort of always tell which way was up, right? It's true. I just I be shocked if Apple changed their remote. They often don't back off from yeah, those no, kinds of no. decisions. No, no, we're holding it wrong clearly. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Um, so maybe Mark would like to say something about the tech talks. Oh, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to at this point. Are we? I don't know. Well, why don't you say what you're going to say, and then we'll decide afterwards if we're going to keep it in the show or not. So go well, ahead, they've, Mark. They've, they've released the resources. Okay. You know? So And yeah. they're going to have the videos. Okay. So, Mark, tell me what you said. Tell Aaron what you told me yesterday in chat. Well, I, I thought it was it was okay. Uh, you know, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed, I guess. Uh, there, it didn't feel like there was... A lot of meat to some of the talks. Um, it didn't really dive that deeply into what it is to develop an app and and what's involved in developing an app. There was there was a lot of stuff that was sort of yeah relevant, but you know not specific to the TV. For example, there was a session that was sort of all about onboarding and you know where do you put your authentication and stuff like that. And and that's good stuff, but it you know I've seen kind of that same talk for other devices you know a hundred times already i didn't really need to see it again for the Uh apple tv because there was nothing specific to the apple tv in that i I also was kind of not crazy this is this really wasn't about the tech talk but more about the the uh the sdk that that they're putting so much emphasis on javascript when they've got this brand brand spanking new language swift that uh-huh. that uh is well in- integrated into the ecosystem and why are they using javascript for that uh, i'm not yeah, really for sure. the tvml you mean for the yeah. tvml yeah. 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 yeah yeah oh yeah oh god speak so, it speak yeah. it brother yeah. so you know so overall it was it was good but you know it wasn't uh you know earth shattering i would say the tech talk okay yeah, I actually had a similar comment when I I was summarizing this talk um, a few weeks ago, I guess. Hmm. So I I hear where you're coming from. I think mm-hmm. if um, if you had done any Apple TV development in particular prior to attending the tech talks, there would not have been a ton of new information there for you. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, like uh, I think what I said at the time was it was just great to go there and hear what Apple's telling you. 
and have the opportunity to talk to people on the app store review team, editorial team, uh, yeah, and developer sure. relations. Um, yep. you know, and of course my favorite part of all is, uh, hanging out with my fellow nerds, um, in Toronto. So, <laughs> um, that's always, are, do you have it like, you know, I guess you drove up to Cupertino, so it wasn't exactly your home time, uh, home team crowd, right? <laughs> well, driving up to Cupertino well, is like, is like going from, from Whitby to Oshawa. Uh, yeah, like I, I, I don't know what close. that means, but it's but super <laughs> yeah, if there's no traffic, it's about a five minute drive. There was traffic, <laughs> so it was a fifteen minute drive. Okay, then but yeah, it's yeah, that. it's pretty close by. It's always so, fun to go to Apple. It actually, they did actually have the talk in Infinite Loop, uh, which was different than what was originally planned. It was going to be on one of the in one of the satellite buildings, but it was actually in for oh, okay, Infinite cool. Loop, yeah. which was kind of fun. So it's always so, fun to go. So there. Sean didn't lie to me when she told me you were going to be there, right? It's true. Uh, there was that yeah. little uh, disagreement there when you talked about it last. Um, so, do, are there people there that you knew, Tim? Uh, Tim. Mark. Mark. <laughs> not, not really, actually. That, that was kind of no, an interesting eh? thing. There, there weren't. No, I didn't really recognize anyone there, which was kind of interesting uh, in terms of the people who were attending. Uh, so, do you, do you go to like, do you go to tech talks and do you hang out with other other? Not not a whole lot. I mean, that's that's part of it. I don't do a whole lot of that, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm not really tight. You know, we don't we don't have a. Well, there probably is when I just am not involved in in a, in a local you know organization local like heads, you guys yeah. have talk out, there, right? There yeah. must be yeah. scores of them in. I, the I'm sure there are. I get emails yeah. about them all the time, so I'm sure there are tons of them. I just don't really take part mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that in Toronto we have more than one Cocoa developer community. But oh, several. Like, yeah, I belong yeah. to a couple, and I know there's there's some there's East and West Ennis Ennis Coders, which is what yeah. Greg was involved with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's there's none east though. None, none of them east. Really? No, no. Oh. Yeah, really. Because even because even Farley goes to one out in Burlington. Yeah, right? that's Burlington. That's west, man. Yeah, um, I know. I know. yeah. There's none east. None east. I'm it. This is it. I think wow. there's only like uh, maybe two or three iOS developers um, east of the Don Valley Parkway. Okay, so uh, well, I'm actually technically east of the Don Valley oh, Parkway. Damn it! <laughs> but uh, but those of you who are e- uh, east of let's say oh. I um, don't know. White's Woodbine Road, Road. <laughs> yeah, Woodbine? yeah White's, White, White's Road, White's Road, yeah. Let's White's. let's say White's Road. Okay. Um, get in touch with there, and let's let's find out what. Like, it'd be interesting to find out if there's any anything happening out that way in the bedroom community of Ajax and Whitby and Oshawa, Indeed. where they make cars, by the way. Yeah, they used to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, uh, it's very quiet around here. You know, like I've I've got a little a couple of friends of mine. Um, who at the time at least were angling to get into iOS development and kind of mm-hmm. fallen fallow at that. Mm-hmm. So typically on our quote NS Coder night, what we call Cocoa Nuts, uh, on uh, Thursday nights, uh, I show up at the second cup and it's just me. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yep. Oh, wow. So, so but your buddy Adam, he's, he's, is he at where you he's are? He's a designer or? now. So he, he was uh, sort of thinking, you know, I'm going to be a designer or I'm going to be a coder. And he, right. he settled on design. And now he's a full time uh, UI designer for oh, mobile cool. apps. Uh, downtown Toronto. Oh, he go, he goes into the city all the time. Yeah, a couple days a week. Oh, that's cool. Neato. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's good. Apple TV for the win. Um, it'll come to you guys. You'll get it. <laughs> it sure has come to me. Yeah, I I, I, I do yeah. agree that that it seems like gaming is going to be the the primary use of this thing for most people. Uh, so. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually thinking of you know brushing off my gaming skills. I haven't written a game in in years now, but I used to write them a lot mm-hmm. uh, and getting back into that. Well, let me say this about that. 
My friend Tammy Coron just did a session on lynda.com about, um, let's make this my pick. Um, whoa, 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 the then. Game, whoa. Game, okay, okay, we'll, we'll back it up. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make it my pick. Okay. Okay, go, go ahead. But, but it, fits, it fits in well with what we're just talking about right now. Anyway, she just did a talk on um, Gameplay Kit. Like uh, or, or a course on gameplay, and she covers off all the different things that you can do with gameplay kit in in her talk. I mean, it doesn't go into great details, but she she kind of explains what each of the facets of of gameplay kit is and how it can be used to enhance and make a game much easier to build. So that's one of the things that I said that's on my on my back burner that I haven't had a chance to pay any attention to since WWDC came out. But uh, that's something I, mm-hmm. I I do plan to do just for fun for. Shits and giggles, as to, they say. To right? make a game or to watch the video? I watched the video the minute it came out, so I've already ah. got that checked off. But, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, and it's, 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 it's um, yeah, I think, I think it's like three, four, five, six hours, something like that she, she put into that. Yeah, it's, it's quite a commitment. But What um, a resource that lynda.com is, huh? Yeah, yeah. And the other oh. one I discovered recently, too, in, in doing research for the course I just taught was um, Plural Site, which is where Simon Allardyce, who was my favorite instructor on Linda.com, has gone over to to Plural Site, and he's doing iOS stuff over there. Wow. So these guys yeah. are popping up all over the Yeah, if you want to get a good introduction to Swift, I mean, there are some talks on Linda.com. I will say that there some of the talks on, on Linda.com are... are um, are now long in the tooth because they, they talked about Swift 1 and 1.2. But another buddy of mine, Scott Gardner, I think is his last name, uh, he's just done a, a Swift 2.0, everything you need to know about Swift 2.0, but we're afraid to ask kind of thing on lynda.com as well. So, hmm. But I haven't had a chance to go through that whole one yet. But um, You know that um, as a resident of Toronto, um, the Toronto Public yes. Library offers lynda.com for free. Yeah, oh my got, god! I went, went and got me a library card after <laughs> I'll living bet in you did for that. seventeen years. Yeah, hot damn, hot yeah. damn! And so I asked, uh, of course, the Whitby Public Library, are "You guys going to do this?" And they laughed at me. They laughed <laughs> at me, Tim. They laughed at me. Crazy. Yeah, but apparently Pickering might have it, and so it's possible that I can get a Pickering library card. Hmm. It's another town in my region, but uh, yeah, fascinating. Check that out. A lot of time but, but, involved. But even the, even hours. that, even that, by the time you pay for it in Canadian dollars, it comes up to about thirty dollars for the base membership. Um, that is, uh, you know, if for all, I think I was a member for about four years, four or five years. You know, even if I wanted to learn a little bit about Final Cut Pro or Microsoft Office or a little bit of Adobe stuff, you know, there's a guy on there named Deke who does like these Photoshop techniques, which McClelland? are kind of cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Deke's, he's a uh, Mac World writer. Is he? Okay. Or he was at least at one point. Yeah, he does like he does these one off ones every month, um, where he just does like one one session, you know, fifteen, twenty minute video of this is the latest thing, like how to do this text effect or whatever, right? But I mean I've or even motivational stuff like, you know, how to do a presentation or how to, you know, uh, they have all kinds of different facets of, of uh, training that you can that you can get through lynda.com. They've been around forever. I mean, oh, I, yeah, remember, I, I remember them back in the nineties, right? Like at different shows and stuff, right? Macworlds and what have you, right? Yeah. When Macworld was a thing, remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, worry that I would not have the time to watch all of these videos, you know, even though there's a galaxy yeah. of knowledge out there that just watching them is just well, so Well, like I said, I, fi- I figure 30 bucks if I, if I watch one a month, then I've, then I've gotten my money. It's the same thing with audiobooks. I have an audiobook membership, and if I, if I can, mm. I can't, honestly, to be honest with you, I don't have the patience to listen to an audiobook in a month, but... Yeah. <laughs> But you know that's another reason why I have them, and you know it's it's it's, it's diversions. You know, walking the dog, listen to Keith Richards tell you all about his life. You know, yeah, I got too many podcasts. So, can't you find a lot of the same content just 
online for free. Is there really unique stuff there? Uh, yeah, well, you know what it is. It's it's kind of packaged up nicely. You can find you can find you can go to YouTube and you can follow like this one guy named I was watching. I was telling Greg today about this guy named who did Rye, who did uh, an Objective C thing, and, and he's he's this guy from down south, and he's got this real sort of you know laid back, you know, good old good old boy attitude, and uh, he covers off Objective C. He's probably done like 150 different videos, and they're all they're pretty comical, but he's pretty laid back. Um, they're not whole. I mean, they're good, but they're not great substance. But if you're if you, you know, back in the day when I was trying to figure all this stuff out, it was it was kind of entertaining to listen to him. But but yeah, no, I get more substance out of out of um, Linda.com. I've actually gone back and watched several of the WordPress ones and stuff like that many many times over and over again because you know I'm I'm a slow learner. Yeah, actually, just you know, <laughs> while you mentioned that, I I cracked open YouTube.com and did a sure. search for Learn Swift 2.0. Yeah, and coughed up with this. Uh, 65 video course. Yeah. Ugh. Complete free iOS 9, Xcode 7, and Swift 2.0 development for beginners. Where's this? Really? On YouTube. Yeah. Here, I'll just put the link in the show notes no there. No way. Way. Well, but by um, the time you so watch 65 videos, you could have read the documentation 20 times. Yeah. Do you think? Well, yeah. True. This is a six hour. Everybody learns differently, I guess. I would much That's rather right. just yeah. read a book or an article than yeah. watch a video in general. Yeah. But me too. everyone's different. Me too. Yeah. In some yeah. ways, you know, like I think a course is good for someone who doesn't know what they want to know. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, because it's structured and it's and it's yeah. uh, you know you're you're kind of put on a, a, a you know a structured path to get to where you want to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Because yeah. yeah. typically the way I learn is uh, I sort of stumble around and then I I figure out what questions I need to ask to move forward and then answer those questions and move forward. Right? Um, yeah. Which yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll generally <laughs> yeah, I'll generally read some kind of document first, and then just dive in and start working, and then mm-hmm. I quickly find out what I what I don't know, and then go off and find figure that stuff out, and then go back. Yeah, and kind of iterate that way. But something like Swift, you know, like I feel like um, you know I'm using it um, fairly effectively, but I'm not confident that I'm using it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't. That's just a feeling. That's not well, you know a certainty. And what what does correctly mean? <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. It's good just, point. It's just a language, um, right? I mean, there's a, a good just language. Just a language. Is, is, well, Listen no, I mean, to you. A good language is written in a way that you know five different people can use it ten different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You don't right. you don't have to do everything in a functional approach with Swift, right? Mm-hmm. You could do everything in a purely object oriented. You could you could do almost everything in just a procedural way if you really wanted to. Sure. And and who's to say one way is, you know, quote wrong or one way is correct, right? Yeah, probably procedural is wrong, but but, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just feel like there are, there's techniques that I'm using and that I'm not sure that they are the the, the most effective way. Well, fair and, enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm struggling against the compiler, and you know, like this this whole optional business is, you know, I'm still not happy and comfortable with it. Um, yeah, to me, I I, I find optionals kind of cumbersome and i get i get why they're there and i get what they're good for but but i find myself writing a lot of of uh of code to to be casting and protecting things and and i know Mm -hmm. that that's good i I mean there's obviously a reason for it because it's the the code will be safer once it's done but but i but i find it time consuming to do that and and i do yeah i I agree with you and sometimes i wonder you know am i doing this right i mean how can it really require me to be doing all of these, you know, uh, if, if let, blah, and, uh, you know, yeah, over and over let, and over yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And no coalescing, and that's another one too. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny though. Um, hmm, I wonder about that too. I, I think once I once I got in my head the the whole you know puppy analogy with optionals, it kind of started to make sense to me. And oh, back you know, up and tell us that then. Well, so this is the whole concept of of an optional being a box, right? In in which you it's like you 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 wrap uh, a value that you may or may not something an object that may or may not have a value, right? And you don't know, and you can't, and if you try and use it in in, a, in your operation and it's empty, it's going to crash your app, kind of thing, right? So so the idea behind an optional is you can you can wrap you wrap a put a wrapper around an object, right? And so you don't actually have it's not an int or a double or you know a UI view or whatever it is that you have in that optional it's actually uh it's the optional that is of a type right right right. um and then in order to you know if you want to like perfect one of the examples that that, uh um, you know when you're building stuff out of interface builder the compiler doesn't know that you in fact have got a button on interface builder and so but but you know as the developer so you can you know force unwrap that when you when you create your your outlet right or yeah, outlet. Um, but to have the concept, the, the what I was saying about the puppy analogy, and I got this from Greg's talk actually, was that that you know if you think about it's not to think about it as as the thing that you want it to be to, to have the value of. You want to think of it as a container that may or may not contain that that value. And then so that's why you have to treat it with sort of kid gloves in a sense and say, you know, put an if let binding around it or use a guard statement in front of it, right to to say, you know, if if the server doesn't give me back a value that I need to use in this app, and I don't want to, I don't want my app to crash and and or whatever. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, of course, yeah, sure. I mean, that you, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, and and of course, I understand why it's done that way. Yeah, I just find it to be pretty verbose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just wish that there was there was syntax that made this more elegant and easier. I agree. Yeah, and I have no idea what that syntax would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like, part- there's vivid discussion occurring on the Swift Evolution project um, and the mailing list that's behind it, right? Um, I'm not tapped into any of that at all. And so, um, because I just, I'm not familiar enough to even understand the conversations that are going on. But I would love it if there were such a discussion. So Chris Ardoff gave us a copy of his advanced um, Swift book. Have you guys right, right, right. had no, a I chance not- to look at that? Or- I have Because he sent me out an update last week. They've, they've added some more chapters. Did you get a copy of that, Mark? I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a chance to crack it at all? Uh, only or? a only a very quick look. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had my my brain was wrapped up in in teaching it last week, and it was interesting because the 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 three students that I had to teach um, were none of them had done any Objective C, right? One of them mm-hmm. had studied Objective C at at Harvard. She was an MIT grad, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they were they had done they had done the sort of introductory Swift stuff, and so a lot of what we did was was review of Swift. But we got we did it by the end of the week get into some functional stuff and with Map and things like that, and uh, we did some we dabbled very briefly into um, protocol oriented uh, Swift as well, so which is kind of cool. Hmm, I did have a chance to dig a little bit into the uh, the perfect.org oh, library. Really? Do tell. Yeah, I, I actually found it pretty interesting. Uh, I'm thinking of using it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't spend more than an hour or two on it, but mm-hmm. you know, but I did just go through some of their examples to figure out how it all worked, and and I like it. Yeah. You know, what can I've you tell us about been, it? Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say because it's yeah, again, I didn't I didn't dive that deeply into it. Like I said, I worked a couple of hours, but. 
you know, a web framework is is kind of they're all in some sense sort of the same, right? You need to be able to handle requests and and create responses. Uh, and I've been sort of looking for a language to to use for that. Uh, I've done a little bit of Python in the past. I've I've looked at Node.js, and none of them really excited me. Uh, but the idea of having a lang- having the same language for both my front end and my back end, I, I think it's kind of cool. Can you uh, e- explain like what capabilities exist in Perfect today? Not like in a lot of detail. A not a lot of detail, <laughs> but uh, but you can set up a you can set up a server. You can handle requests. You can yeah yeah obviously handle HTTP requests. Uh, your gets and your posts. You can do uh, authentication. You can you can do. Um, you can work with a database. You know, you can work with a SQL database. I think there was a mm. Mongo hook too, but I, but I may be imagining that uh, for oh, sure. There's a so. there's a SQL hook. So so you can. What interests me about it is is the database. You know, one thing that I often do is have a a local database, usually in Core Data, uh, that essentially mirrors what's on the server side. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people, a lot of people do this, uh, but there's always this kind of um, interface problem right it, the the objects are not exactly the same on one side and the other side so you have to write a lot of uh converters mm-hmm. or, or adapters to make one work and and you know there there's been attempts in the past like wisdom right to I, I didn't just say that it's a microsoft thing but uh <laughs> but you know of of having you know a model that maps over and, and just you just pass the interface back and forth and but I've, there's nothing like that in, in in traditional you know ios from what i've seen uh so with this though you could you could conceivably have your database schema be identical right you have uh-huh. a core data on on the on the uh on the server side in swift and you have the same core data schema in in in, in on the client well, let me ask you this. So, so one one particular data type I know that that I have trouble with, or we've had trouble with in the past is is a date object, right? Because um, you yeah. have a, you know you have a Unix date inside of or timestamp date inside of a MySQL database, for example, right? And you have an NS date object on in iOS, right. but right. so right. do you have that kind of do you have NS date objects on in a perfect library running Swift, or is it a different kind of thing? Or well, you do have NS date objects. You do have in, uh, on, on, I mean, on, on the perfect side. I mean, on the perfect side, yeah, because it's, oh, okay. so because that, it's, cool. it's Swift, right? It, it uh, ha- has access to Cocoa, so it does have NS states. Now, there is the problem though of of doing a uh, a JSON serialization deserialization of an NS state object. Okay, right. And I should check that and see what they're doing with that in Perfect, because hmm. uh, you know, there's no JSON standard for an NS date, right? It's 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 always either a, a string or a or a, a you know some long integer Unix time or something like that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to get it through JSON, it would be kind of cool if they solved that issue. But I kind of doubt it because it would it would uh, restrict things. You know, you'd have to be using both the you'd have to be using the, the Swift on both the front and the back end or Objective C. But why not? You know, like that's my vision, right? Is if you had like a Swift uh, web application server. Yep. running remotely mm-hmm. that could talk to your iOS app, you know, using some native Swift based serialization style, right. right? Right. Like maybe not JSON, but maybe some binary JSON is there if there's sure. a, mm-hmm. such a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, that could encode your data in native Swift objects that could be written and read uh from the remote to the local. 
yeah. without any need for uh, dealing with the uncertainties yeah. of JSON. And yeah, no, even better, even better. Here, hang on a second. I'm thinking crazy thoughts now. <laughs> what if your web application server had like a data modeling application as part of it, right? So you could use a GUI to lay out your data model, you know, and draw the little lines between it, just like in uh, the, the core data, XC data model mm-hmm. style stuff. You mm-hmm. could like do that maybe in Xcode and then throw it up on the server and say, here's the data model. And then it instantly transforms all of that crap into the, the, the data structures that you need on the server side. Well, and gives you a visual editor that you can go in and edit those, add objects, remove objects, manage the objects, and then it just works. It just well, uh, works. I may be mistaken because I didn't look at that specifically, but since Perfect is built with Xcode, why can't you just use Core Data for that? And it, I don't know. The, I don't know. Server side, Mark. I, I think you can. Well, wow. you know, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I, I have not looked at that, so I don't know if that's enabled. You, if well, that but, should exist, but there's certainly no reason why it couldn't exist if it's all wow. Swift and Xcode. Why not? Okay, Damn. so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I know, Mark, you don't follow us on Twitter and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't listen to the podcast. And what else don't you do? That's you the part don't, you don't go outside and talk heart. to people. That's besides that's another <laughs> thing. Um, so the one of the dudes over at Perfect reached out to me on Twitter and asked if one of us wanted to talk to them. So would you like to be that person? Sure. Okay. All right. I'll see if I can hook you guys sure. up. Yeah. So Aaron, going back to your to your vision there, uh, I love it. I think it's great. But I have two comments about it. Uh, one is that even today. Uh, there's no proprietary, you know, Swift kind of object, right? When you serialize something, either either JSON or or XML, those are kind of the only options. Or plist. Uh, so that so that doesn't exist. Or which plist? Plist is XML. Oh, XML. Right. Plist is, is XML. just a, a specialized version of XML. XML. Yeah. 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 So but aren't yeah, plist so binary nowadays? Like there's a binary plist? Yeah, but it's still XML. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sure. still binary XML. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what he was saying about serializing. You have to serialize the object in order to get it into the, into the plist or per se, right? Right. Yeah. I'm, that's right. I, but I'm yeah. thinking about some kind of, you know, as yet uncreated, you yeah, know, yeah. binary serialization format. Right. Somebody should right. make one. And, and potentially... There are, there are a couple. I should check. Just look them up while you were talking. Potentially the bigger issue, though, is portability. Uh, you know, it, it's it would be nice to think of a world where everything was iOS and everything was... was uh, you know, perfect or, or the equivalent on the on the back end, uh, but that's not the world we live in. You know, if you if you want to build a successful business, at some point you're gonna to have to build an Android app. Right? Absolutely, you're right. Uh, but so, you know, again, there's nothing saying that this this putative server couldn't communicate in uh, this this binary JSON or whatever. Sure. Plus vanilla yeah. JSON. Okay, so while you're writing that that uh, new protocol. Uh, <laughs> make sure you write the Android library to decode it. Exactly. <laughs> At the same time. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all yeah. over it, Mark. I'm okay. all over it. The only uh, other thing that I've got is about selling an old Mac, and I was sort of thinking that as a side discussion. If, you have an case, old Mac for sale? Is that what you're Well, to get yeah, see, that's the question. I have um, – my mom has a, a 2008, late 2008 wow. uh, MacBook, aluminum wow. MacBook from 2008. Yeah. Um, and – it appears to be the oldest surviving Mac that is not yet legacy. Apple just uh, added a few models to their legacy list, uh, removing mm-hmm. them from official support. Um, and there are some 2009 Macs in there. Uh, but my 2008, or my mom's rather, uh, MacBook aluminum Core 2 Duo processor running mm-hmm. at 2 gigahertz. Okay, so still, you know, 
eight years ago or seven years ago now. Wow. And still sounds, you know, fairly modern because, you know, not much has happened in the CPU front uh, lately. But uh, two gigs of RAM and a 160 gig spinning hard disk, right? Um, the thing is slow. Oh, my no God. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. running. It's running LCAP. But it is pokey as all get out. Yeah, first thing to do, I would do is put a uh, um, okay. SSD yes. drive in. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. This yeah. is what I'm getting to. Um, yeah. Because I'm just trying to decide what to do. My mom doesn't want it anymore. She says, Aaron, just take it. Just get it out. I've got an iPad now. I do not need this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is 100% true. Smart lady. Um, so proud of her. How does she Taking sync her, her iPad? Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't. It's all iCloud. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, no, she is syncing to the cloud. Okay. Yeah, to the, the cloud. So Correct she's answer. on iCloud. I've got her set up there. So the Mac is not required in her life anymore. The only thing yeah. needed was her photos library, which had some old stuff. Um, I upgraded her LCAP, and I got her signed up to iCloud photo. Uh, yeah, iCloud photo library. That's it. Uh, pushed all those legacy photos up into iCloud, and now she's got them on her iPad, and she's all set. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's the question, though. Like, the... As as that thing sits right now, um, I might be able to sell it for like a hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. right, like yeah. not much. So, but... so here, here's my formula, right? Okay. Well, first of all, computers age in dog years, right? Uh... Um, so so I always sort of I always always sort of figure uh, thirty five dollars per month is is kind of sort of what it costs to have a Mac. So figure that out. Work backwards from what you paid for it. Time, how many months it's been alive since thir- at thirty five dollars a month. And that'll tell you what it's worth on the street today. So it's probably probably in the negatives if I'm if I'm mm. without you doing the math. But you know, it's 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 basically uh, two thousand nine hundred forty dollars. Yeah, twenty nine forty is the uh, number I get. So um, it's it's definitely worth negative dollars at this point by that <laughs> by that calculation. But clearly, yeah. it's not. But but like, it is. I mean, for for a writer or a student or like a, you know somebody who wants to do that kind of like kind of thing, somebody could use it as a as a DVD player. You know, like if it, it's not worth less. It's probably right, has that's more utility, more utility than an iPad 1.0, right? So certainly, um, yeah. but you know, like I'm thinking, okay, so if it's a hundred dollars now, uh, what if I bump up the RAM, like from two gigs to four, put mm-hmm. two two SIMs in there, and mm-hmm. that's like thirty dollars of RAM, mm-hmm. and then get an SSD, mm-hmm. like a two hundred fifty gigabyte SSD, is about a hundred dollars. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Thereabouts, and um, that's an easy installation too. Uh, so is is this computer worth more now? Do you think? Well, it's worth at least those two editions, right? So it's hard to say, you know, because because the thing about it is with that is is it, does it still have a removable battery? Yeah. Yeah. So you could. It's really, actually you, the battery's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Well, the batteries do. They have a finite number of charges in them, but uh, yeah. like a thousand or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's replaceable, right? So because that's the challenge I have. I have some really really old Macs. Like I have a titanium MacBook. Won't even boot anymore. But and I have a couple of Power P Power PC G fours. Right? Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, Low but, G5, but the ba- but yeah. getting the batteries for those is is the brutal part, right? So yeah, I have that. Uh, I think it was early 2009, 17-inch MacBook that Ooh, you, can't, you can't remove. Yeah, you can't remove the battery. Is it warped? No, no. It's just that on that particular model, the battery was not removable. It's just oh, okay, it was yeah, the yeah. one that was. Yeah. Here's your battery. Use it as long as it lasts, yeah, and then yeah. you're done. So, so is, it, is it dead now, or won't take a charge? No, or? you know it's well. I you know, it might be. I probably haven't turned it on in in a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still have it. I'm actually thinking of using it for a web server. Um, yeah. It's perfectly powerful enough for that. 
But yeah. Does, yeah. does that? Yes, that's true. Does that Mac run uh, lid closed there? And I think it does, right? Yeah, I'm sure. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you could do the same thing. You could uh, you could even put like a dongle with a dummy dummy uh, display uh, thing on it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've already I've got a Mac Mini over here that's uh, much newer, faster, and yeah. and serves all yeah. those purposes. Yep. I don't need I don't need this computer. That's the thing. I, I want to get yeah. rid of it. Um, okay. it's a, yeah. My question really is: um, Do I sell it as is, or do I give it these upgrades and then sell it? Will I, make I that would, I would donate it, I, it and get a tax write-off. Well, I don't know if this matters yeah. for you guys in Canada, but you know, if if you donate well, it to some charity, you can write it off taxes and maybe get more than you can sell it for. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. It probably yeah. it probably has a couple of hundred bucks worth of value in it, Aaron, for sure. But whether you can find a buyer for it is another story, right? That is yeah. another story. Yeah. You could always yeah. throw in a Mac or an iPad Mini with it, right? No, you could, but I <laughs> No, I mean, don't, I was most joking about the fact you probably... Did you ever sell that iPad mini you were trying to sell? Yeah, I did. Oh, well, there you go. Sure I did, yeah. What, what that was ages ago, though, Tim. Yeah. Ages ago. Uh, oh, but no, what right now... Oh, I know what you're asking about. My iPad Air, Oh, that's which I was trying to sell. No, right. I didn't sell that, and I mm. uh, still have it. I think after the holidays, I'm going to give it another shot, uh, because I'm, I'm really burning for an iPad mini 4. Okay. Uh, I really want one of those bad. So It's like you want an iPad Pro. Uh, no. I mean, I like it, but it's not for me. I, yeah, I, just, I had to pull it out on the... My phone was dying today, so I had to pull it out on, on the streetcar today. I had to pull it out and use it for a bit. Mm-hmm. That, that felt awkward, right? Yeah, it's really <laughs> big. Such an impressive piece of hardware, but it's... Yeah. Uh, I just don't see it fitting in my life. Not until Xcode comes out for iOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the meantime, I will uh, stick with the iPad Mini 4, I think, because that uh, suits my use case a lot better. I also have the... Last iMac they made for the PowerPC before they went to Intel. I kind of stupidly bought one because I needed it at the time, and, and something like two months later they came out with the Intel versions. Was so, that like the classic CRT or was it the LCD ones? It was the it was an LCD one. It was an LCD one. It was the one. So it was the one after the lamp version. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm talking yeah. about, yeah. It, yeah. I had yeah. the I lamp version too. Yeah. That's that's long gone. After that one, I got I got this one, which was. Yeah, it was the it was the big flat LCD display How big on is it? Uh, maybe twenty one or twenty four inches. Oh wow, it was big yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it it had kind of the the stand was was just kind of a, a bent piece of metal, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the whole computer was inside the the monitor. Mm-hmm. It's a great machine at the time, but you know I can't I can't use anything later than. Something like ten point three or something. Yeah, I have I have two of those in the basement actually, and the the fifteen inch the was fifteen inch no the um the smallest size you could get I think yeah fifteen inch mm-hmm. yeah G five so the kid, the grandkids yeah. use them for a while but then they couldn't when they couldn't play games on the internet anymore right. they would just get rid of it yeah, yeah. um so Aaron I see I see a, a two thousand eight uh, Intel is it a thirteen inch you have or yes it's thirteen inches so thirteen inch Intel Core two Duo two gigahertz two gigagrams one sixty Hard drive, 2008 that's exactly unibody. It. Yes, that's it. That's what it was. The first unibody is what it was called. Yeah, two seventy eight on uh, on eBay. Okay, and was, is that was that the uh, asking price or the? I, see, I think that's yeah, that's the buy it now price. Yeah, no bids. So maybe it's worthwhile. <laughs> I would sell it. Is it? I wouldn't. I mean, you could you could sell it with the potential that it could be upgraded, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the money into it unless you're going to use it. Right. Yeah, I have no intention of using it. So thanks, mom. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's funny how the computers all come back back to home, eh? So 
I have a garage full of like I have a, a PowerBook G4 Cube and I have a, a couple oh, yeah. of lamps and you got a graveyard yeah. of old Macs. I do. I do. Well, I, I and get rid and of my, my grandson started discovering them, so he pulled my 128 Mac out of the out of the box and tried to fire it up when I wasn't here, and that was fun. <laughs> I had to explain to him about about 400k floppy disks and yeah. <clears throat> one day, one day I'll give him like something like Microsoft Word and the system disk and, and tell him to load the program and then <laughs> come back three days later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's still and he'll be still be flipping floppies, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw out in my garage. I have the the a box with uh, Microsoft Word for the Mac mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. this must have been 1997, something like that, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Is that worth five? Yeah, five or six. I I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's literally like forty floppy disks in a box. Wow! To install I, I have thing. mint yeah, in well, crazy. not quite. I have I have it in the box, not quite mint in the box. But I have in the box a copy of Mac Write. Wow! Mm. And wow. I have I have floppies with System One and Mac Draw on them. Yeah, mm. Mac Draw used to run on on um, Classic on I, iOS nine. It would or so not iOS nine. On classic System Nine, it would run for it would still run uh, Mac Draw, the original Mac Draw app. Mm. It was all goo- screwy, but yeah, you could. It, it ran in like a little, almost like a little about the Finder window. Remember those that little tiny window? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it was about that. So size. what do you what are you keeping all this for? Is it you you love it and you can't get rid of it or um, posterity? It? Yeah, it's just just I just I like the stuff. I like the old stuff. So oh. it's fun. It's fun. Like my grandson basically, he, yeah, it's a picture of him. I think I put on on Twitter a while ago. He pulled out the old uh, 6100 Mac. You know, I actually turned out that I, I'd written all my my archived artwork. Like I did a lot of 3D stuff back in the day, like 3D like modeled. Yeah. Um, and used to do make Christmas. I used to make screensavers for Santa Claus and reindeers and 3D and that kind of stuff. And and the problem was back in the day we had resource forks and creator uh, resource creator codes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Creator codes and and, and app code or pro- uh, program codes. And so we didn't have to worry about file extensions, right? So I have a whole archive of stuff that I did back in the day, like in the 90s and stuff, that just saved as you know Apple with nothing at the end of it so right. now i can't do anything with it on, on os 10 so it so we fired when he fired the thing up i went and got all my old discs and start, shoved them in there to see if there was anything i was interested in and then just you know opened them up and re and resave them with the proper file extension so now i can bring them over to os 10 and, and look at them and play around with them and stuff right wow so i have this one model that i made like a it's like a little arch i made in, a, in an old 3d program a thousand years ago and it would it'd be like one of these things where you would set it up and you would set and it would use ray tracing to render it um i think swivel 3d or swivel was the program not swivel uh stratavision was the program i created it in and you would you would set it to render and you would go away and have a turkey dinner and maybe you know go watch a movie and then tomorrow morning it might be finished yeah right Mm -hmm. now that kind of rendering happens in like like literally live on the screen in photoshop you could just open the model up and rotate it you can probably do that on your iphone these days yeah yeah, yeah. it's true you can actually I, yeah. I actually have some 3d stuff on my iphones as well because and uh, like your know, light box uh stuff like that like you know um uh, like the sort of virtual presence stuff where you, t- you take photographs in in 360 and then you like sort of like quicktime vrs and you can build boxes and make the environments that's how a lot of games where you have a space game and you've got the star field off in the distance right that's normally a, a skybox, which all six sides have a, a an image of us um, have an image projected on them, and then you you know you fly your rocket around and shoot your X-wing fighters and stuff like that. That's sort of a game technology thing. But I was been doing all that stuff for all this time back when mm-hmm. I invented the internet, as my friend Marty says. Anywho. Well, next time you get down to the Bay Area, uh, it's well worth a trip to Mountain View to check out the computer museum there. Yeah, yeah, that's that have used to be in Boston. Have you did you ever go to it when it was in Boston? 
Uh, no, I mean that must have opened after I moved away. I mean I moved away from Boston over twenty years ago now. So well, there was a, there was in Boston back last time I was in Boston was for like a MacWorld and it would have been early middle two thousands I guess two thousand seven maybe mm-hmm. or no I think it would have been earlier than that. And there was there used to be a com- children's museum and right next to it was a computer museum and they had a wire wrapped Macintosh and they had mm-hmm. you know a big giant keyboard and I think all that stuff got moved to California. Ah. So, yeah, yeah, and there's there's a giant room that they've got there that it's it's really a blast from the past. I mean, it, yeah. you walk through there, they have my very first computer was <laughs> was the Atari eight hundred. Yeah, uh, this was this thing was great. You know, it, it had it had uh, full keyboard. You know, and and thirty two k of RAM, mm-hmm. and you could pop up pop up the top and stick cartridges in it. It was great. I loved the thing. This is probably nineteen eighty. Uh, they've got one of those in there. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so very cool um, stuff. Yeah, my my grandson Xavier, he's totally into all this retro stuff. He's 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 been going up and buying old green Dreamcasts and Nintendo Cubes and all that kind of stuff, and playing mm-hmm. all the old games, all the old cartridge games that we have, and yep. you know, teaching the kid how to blow on the cartridge before you put it back in again. Mm. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has any picks, and we'll see if Aaron has a pick. You know, as you've been talking, and um, it's occurred to me that I, I have two picks, okay. and um, I'm wondering if I should it. just save one for next week. No, um, you know what? Just give us both, because I'm sure Mark doesn't have a pick. Okay. <laughs> Why um, <is> that, <laughs> History, Mark. History. <laughs> yeah. All right. My first pick uh, is an app that was launched this week by Dan Messing. Uh, he's a developer at Panic Software. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Zinc. This is Magpie's first and only competitor. Oh, wow. Because uh, it does exactly what Magpie does. It's uh, founded on the same concept of saving web video for later. Um, and so it launched this week, and it has um, a Safari extension, so it works a little differently than Magpie does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magpie has an action extension, which is available on Mac and iOS, mm-hmm. and uh, you access it through that standard action menu. But on Zinc, it's a Safari extension that lives in your toolbar, right? so that when you're on a page that you want to save uh, the web video from, you uh, click on that thing, and it gets saved to your account. Also, you have to create an account. It's, it's a service managed by the app developer. Huh. Um, unlike mine with just iCloud. So um, it is really nice, actually. And um, for the services that it supports, uh, it seems to work very quickly and very smoothly. Uh, and um, I quite like it. It's quite nice. It's, it's it's nice to see. It's funny to see, I guess. Weird. Maybe unsettling. To see a different take on the uh, problem set that I'm approaching with Magpie. Uh, I don't know if Dan Messing knew about Magpie before he built Zinc. Uh, I tend to doubt it, <laughs> because if he'd known how much success I was having with it, he probably would have backed right off. Right. Uh, but, of course, he has a better profile than I do, and has subsequently received better coverage than I ever have. So, mm-hmm. good for him. Uh, and it's just it's just bizarre to see people on Twitter, you know, the big names, you know, looking at this thing, because, of course, they're fully aware of it, uh, and remarking on what a wonderful idea <laughs> this is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the link that I have in the show notes here is um, is for Loop Insights' uh, little piece about it, very little yeah. piece. Um, but uh, I've seen similar comments on Twitter from you know 
So why wouldn't you thought of pinging Jim Jim Jalrumpel when you when you did that part? Oh, did oh okay okay. That's the part that I love. Ah, I see. You know, going to my tokens and there's Jim Dalrymple's token yeah. sent to him, but never responded to. Ah, um, you know, that's just nice. life, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and ver- various people who who have commented upon it and uh, you know have unused Magpie tokens sitting in their inboxes from several months ago now. Uh, that's mm. life. And so uh, this is a good approach. There's some. Um, you know, it's it's not as full featured as Magpie in certain ways. Uh, while uh, he's on. Uh, primarily focused on iOS and Apple TV, uh, Mm -hmm. being such a natural platform to watch these on. His Apple TV app is way better than mine, but uh, he's not on the Mac at all. So if you want to watch your videos that you've saved on the Mac, you're kind of out of luck, Hmm. as far as I know. Maybe you can go to the website. I should try looking at that, actually. But uh, yeah, otherwise, it's a very nice-looking app. Uh, He's obviously uh, got better design than I do, I think. So Mm -hmm. I, I would be spurred on to dramatically improve magpie uh if it weren't for the fact that there is like no money to be made doing this <laughs> so magpie continues to serve my needs i'm really happy with it and so i'm just going to keep using it uh mm-hmm. but i don't see any huge updates coming to it uh, even as a result of there being a competitor in the market mm-hmm. so i thought i'd point that out zinc.video is the url if you want to check that out cool and it's so, uh, just curious, Aaron. Does does either Magpie or this one uh, screen out ads in videos? So, like, yeah, if you go to YouTube, yeah, yeah um, I think his does it too. I think he uses the same parser that I do to get the videos. So, Magpie does. If you go to YouTube.com and you're looking at a video and it shows you an ad, but then you save it to Magpie, mm-hmm. there's no ad in what gets saved to Magpie. Um, okay, you just get the video. Well, um, it seems like that's the best feature of the whole thing you yeah, push yeah you i don't like to that. talk about it too much though because well Why not because it's you know strictly speaking it contravenes youtube's guidelines oh uh, right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. shh you're not supposed to do this right, right. Uh, youtube's you know videos can yeah. only be viewed through their player and that's because of their ad showing uh so you're not really supposed to do this huh. don't tell anyone but you use their api to pull it right or do you not no, no, I don't. Oh, okay, okay. No, Maybe you should cut this part out of the podcast. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Nobody's listening to this. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that. And I think, um, you know, just judging from, you know, I've kind of been comparing uh, what Zinc is able to capture versus what I'm able to capture, and they seem to be the same things. Like, things that I can't get, uh, Zinc can't get. Um, mm. So it's like we're using the same code. I don't know. I don't understand that, but <laughs> there it is. So there you go. Interesting stuff. Okay, so would you like my second pick? <laughs> yes, go for it. This your one's a lot pick. less controversial. Um, I've been designing a new app uh, for myself of late. Now, this is my super secret personal project that mm-hmm. uh, is my long-term ambitious one. And uh, I've had a need for icons. And so I've been searching around for icon packs, you know, that many designers create for iOS development. And mm-hmm. I came across one that is just blowing my mind. It's my mind. It's called Icons 8. Icons yes, numeral 8. Yes, I'm familiar eight. with it. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Have, if, can you believe this thing? Okay, mm-hmm. so here it is. It's it's a Mac app that you can download. You can do it on their website too, but this is phenomenal. You get the Mac app from their website, and it's a toolbar app that lives up in your toolbar. And mm-hmm. when you activate it, you get a uh, filter that you can type search queries into yeah. and search all these different icon packs, of which iOS 9 is one. And mm-hmm. so you get... 
I don't know how many, like tens of thousands or something? Lots of them, yes. Lots, lots of icons that you can choose from. Uh, and they're free to use. They're free to use. Mm-hmm. Really? As long they're as you real, give them attribution. Free? Yep. No, they're, they're free free. Like they're Creative Commons free. Yeah, 18,800 free flat icons, according to their website, in any yeah. format, size, and color. And it's free, and it's features, and da 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 da. There's paid features. <laughs> yeah, it's on their site. This is a Creative Commons. Uh, yeah. 3.0 non derivatives or whatever. Non derivative. Yeah. Know. And the idea too is if if there's something that you you don't see, like you're looking for a particular icon, you can actually ask them. You can contact them over the web, yeah. and they'll they'll create the icon for you. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll be free. <laughs> Why? Go to the support page. Look at the FAQ. What is even up with this? Hey, I edit the icons with the free license, but you can't change. Oh, they even shape. do uh, Windows and Mac OS. Yeah, and Android. So, like, I just, you know, my mind is blown by this thing. Yeah, yeah. So, if you want to modify the icons, or if you don't want to provide uh, credit for some reason, then you got to pay. Yeah. And I think it's like one hundred and fifty dollars a year. Two hundred and fifty. For a year of updates. And I guess the free one is giving you up to 100 pixels in size. So I guess if you really had to get a giant-ass icon, <laughs> then uh, then you need to pay for it. But you know, that, that's a hugely broad set of functionality. That's yeah, 150, sorry, uh, is one year. for the, That's the lower-end plan, and 250 yeah. is the higher-end plan. The way they uh, laid this out was a little... Yeah, so for 150, you get PNGs, and you don't have to link to them. And for 250, you get all formats, including SVG, PDF, EPS, and Illustrator, and you can do whatever the hell you want with them. Yeah, that's well. I think I think you have to pay for those ones, right? The uh, yes, that's ones. 250 and 150. Amazing resource, though. Like you know, the the free version is enough for most anyone, I would think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires a link. You know, you have to provide a credit to them, but that is a very small price to pay. I would have no trouble at all doing that. And it's very nice. I mean, the the icons are great. They're great. You know, they're perfect. <laughs> they're exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. So I've I've uh, I've gone into this little menu bar tool thing uh, several times, several times <laughs> over the last few days, uh, and it's it's a wonderful resource. Check it out, icons8.com. Just like that. Actually, it's interesting. So the hundred and forty nine dollar plan gives you gives all the icons that have been created at the moment of purchase and access to any new icons drawn in the next year, but then further updates cost $50 per year. So does that mean it's just 150 for the first year and then it's 50 or is it yeah, 150 plus 50 every year after that? I'm not sure what that, how to read that. If it's 150 the first year and then 50 forever after that, that's actually a really good deal. Yeah. It really uh, motivates you to continue your subscription, right? Yeah. Tim, do you got a pick? I do. I just got. Well, I talked about uh, Tammy a bit. I'm just going to go oh, into. Oh yeah, right. This has been a great show, guys. I mean, really? I got to tell you. Yeah, I think yeah, this has been really good stuff. stuff. The the, uh, the no everything. Yeah, everything. It's been gold. So you solid know, gold. You know, you know what made it? You know what made it gold? Like solid gold. What? What no, made that? No Jaime. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Ouch! Come on, folks. Check it out. Yeah, those those you say driving that? in your Poor cars. Poor Jaime. Yeah. <laughs> But these are driving the cars. Well, this this, this in is interesting. Notes. Hold on one second. Uh, in the FAQ screen, FAQ, under our pricing in short, it says 
149 to 249 for a single designer or developer. Okay. But then the next line is 249 to 999 for using our icons as part of your product and integration into your software. What does that mean? Does that mean that if you actually want to release a product, you have to spend more? Well, I would investigate that, Aaron, before you go too far. It'd be great if Linda wanted to sponsor the podcast, because then it would be really cool. I could make the Linda.com my pick, but I kind of sort of am making it my pick anyway. I've been on Linda.com since March 14th, 2010, and I know this because, as Aaron said, I recently just uh, you know was trying to cut some expenses, and Linda was one of the things I decided to cut because I wasn't really using it as much. And then I found out about the Toronto Public Library having uh, free access to it, so I went over there and got, so I got back in again. So when I created my account... I lost my hit my history of all the courses I've taken, right, and all the certificates I'd earned and all that kind of stuff by finishing some of the courses, right. So I contacted Linda Support and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm using the same email address and I've gone to the you know the the, the group uh, plan now with the Toronto Public Library, and the gracious people over at Linda.com connected my history together and I got my history back. Five star, five right? star, great service. And it was like no questions. Yep, you're sure here you go, no problem. Have a nice day, right? Anyway, so uh, the two things I was talking about uh, earlier in the program, one is a program called Essential Swift 2.0 Training by Scott Gardner." Not Scott Gardner, the actress, actor, but Scott Gardner, the developer. Um, and uh, our friend Tammy, who uh, recently um, went down to, you know, on her private network, she talked about going down to Hollywood and down to L.A. and having to, you know, ha- have hair and makeup done. And she couldn't tell us why. And it turned out that, you know, about uh, two weeks ago, it rolled out. Uh, she rolled out a course that she's done with... Um, lynda.com on gameplay kit so it's programming ios 9 and gameplay kit is the name of the course and uh yeah it's uh star- starring tammy corn uh she's also the host of the roundabout fm podcast so if the, if you listen to that podcast you know who she is and she basically goes through all of the different things about uh about gameplay kit randomization uh, entities and components state machines she's been building games for quite a while so she's been playing around with all this stuff in the old in, in traditional ways right uh, using artificial intelligence pathfinding agent system rule systems uh, the whole nine yards uh, based on what what apple introduced at wwdc and oh by the way it's only it's the course is only an hour and a half long so it's not that long a course but still good good overview gets you gets your sort of your if you want to understand what gameplay kit adds to your gameplay game writing game making abilities there you go that's where lita.com go check it out and I think they have like even trial versions. If you just want, to oh yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just want to go and check out Tammy's talk or even Scott's talk, you know, I think you, I think with a trial version, you can probably get like 15 days or whatever it is. I don't know. We don't. Linda doesn't sponsor us yet. Linda, nudge nudge. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's my pick. Maze balls. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm you know I, I'm curious about it gameplay kit. That was one of the things I wanted to wanted to get into, and then sort of Tammy putting this up here has sort of given me another impetus to go and explore that. Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I guess they should go to twitter.com slash Aaron Bay. Uh, or if you're looking for an iOS developer, go to innovative.com, I-N-N-O-V-E-G-H-T-I-V-E dot com. Cool. And Mark, if people want to get a hold of you on the interwebs, how would they do that? Mark R at smapsoft.com. 
Okay, and my name is Timitra. I am T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter, and I'm also at my website, it-guy.com, or itguy, as my kids call me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we may see you guys next week uh, for the final show of the season, is that right? That would be of the year, yes, and um, a Merry Christmas to everyone who... Yes, and happy holidays, and That's happy it. Kwanzaa, et cetera, et cetera. and uh, what else the other one? Happy Hanukkah? Hanukkah? Hanukkah's already passed by, Hanukkah's it? long gone. It's yeah. old news. Yeah, so anyway, whatever. Whatever <laughs> floats your boat, have a happy one. All right, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes for each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. Thanks again for listening. Pointed out that the uh, the uh, sixty minutes uh, MacBook leak was uh, was uh, not to be. Have you seen that? Did you see that image, Aaron? I did. That's a total non-issue. Yeah, it's embarrassing. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, well, it's funny because you know it, if you watch the the episode, did you watch the episode? No, you know I read the transcript. But oh, okay, again, again with the again with the reading of the transcript. No, that was Greg reading the transcript <laughs> last week. I listened oh, okay. to that one. You did okay. It's funny. Uh, Johnny Ive does actually work in a big white room. <laughs> you know. Yes, he surprisingly. does. <laughs> With uh, Apple Store tables in it, which are apparently his. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.